Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're talking about Season 3, Episode 12, titled Half Measures this time. Uh, this is a great episode. We yes. were both talking before the show, and we we love this episode, especially when paired with the next episode, but it stands on its own as well. Pairs like a fine red wine with a fine aged cut of beef. <laughs> yes. Together. And we won't talk about the beef. We're just going to talk about the wine this episode. Yes. Um, except maybe if we have spoilers later on, but... I don't know. Um, do do we have anything to talk about up front, or should we get right into the recap? Well, okay, so before we get into recap, there's one thing when I was listening to on this the podcast for this episode, the, the insider? insider podcast by oh, Kelly Dixon, it? and cool. it had Vince Gilligan and Brian Cranston and Michelle McLaren, who didn't direct this episode, but she helped out with a couple of key secondary shoot shots. Okay, she did B-roll. <laughs> She did B-roll. Um, like we'll, hand inserts? Well, we'll and... talk about it, because I'm going to talk about that during okay. the windy montage. Uh-huh. Um, but they talked about... Brian Cranston talked about getting inside Walt's head, and he ta- he went back to the flat, the first time that Walt and Gus kind of met, for okay. real, and is discussing the hit on Hank. Mm-hmm. And Walt says, I understand why you did that, and if I was in your position, I would agree with you. What is your interpretation of that scene? Because I was shocked to learn that Brian Cranston and Vince Gilligan did not agree on Walt's mindset and strategy in that scene. Um, hmm. I've thought I about this time... for like uh, at least 30 minutes in the shower this morning. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Not all in the shower. My, my showers aren't that long. Gotcha. Um, but... uh, I, so I felt like p- part of that is true. I mean, Walt does does respect the way that this man operates. You know, he has a certain measured attitude toward him. Um, but at the same time, it was also minimizing the damage, right? Like, I don't think he could stand up to Gus and say, you are a despicable person and I hate everything you've done and I'm done cooking for you. So you have the same interpretation as Vince Gilligan. The I way do? I, okay. <laughs> Yes, interesting. So the way I and Brian took it uh-huh. was that's Walt's admission of saying, if I literally were in your same shoes... I would have done all the same things, and I respect your moves as a player. Whereas hmm. Vince and you seem to think that that was like Vince said particularly that that Walt knew he's a good liar, but he's he had his limits. So he went in that meeting saying that he's going uh, to see in my eyes something, and I want uh-huh. him to think it's this one thing other than the other. So okay. I I'm going to tell him this just so you know to, to make sure he doesn't go on to suspect that. So he really wouldn't have done the same thing. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting that the actor would Well, that's weird because it actually, when he said that, I was, it's like one of those things where, like, you know, you hold your finger at arm's length and you go right eye, left eye, and it kind of shifts one side to the other. Mm -hmm. I feel like I did that with the series because thinking that Brian is on board, thinking that Walter, rather, is on board with Gus's ruthlessness makes the rest of the se- the rest of the series play out a different way thinking that no I actually think this is kind of monstrous and I wouldn't have done this thing and this is like you know a horrifying realization of who Gus is makes it play out a completely different way well it, I feel like it makes a lot of the the tension that he's been feeling in these last few episodes more real yes if he realizes that this is a man I don't want to mess with yes and and I may like have already tipped my hand. I'm not sure. Yes. No. No. I, That's kind of how the lens I've been viewing those through. 
But yeah, I thought it was really interesting that both uh, Brian and and uh, the Villigan, yeah, who have, God knows how long they've talked about Walt's motivations and all this, and how many sure, conversations yep. had a completely different interpretation of something kind of fundamental. So I thought that was interesting, and that's one of the more mind blowing things I've I've discovered on this rewatch. Yeah, those insider you know, casts are instrumental. They're a mixed in- bag. Okay, yes. Yeah. Sometimes they're just backslapping and congratulatory yes. and just BJ's everywhere. Yes. It's, it's a version of the windy montage at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And sometimes they're crucial in understanding the episode. Sure, um, sure. If, although, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say crucial in understanding is, is selling the show short. Yeah, crucial in understanding, crucial to appreciation. Like, you will come away with, The like, finer points, right? Wow, I can't yeah. believe how much effort and care went into the crafting of this scene. And knowing mm-hmm. that... And the decisions that were behind it makes me appreciate it on a different level. Yeah. And like, and like kind of adding a certain tinge to what you thought about a character's motivations, right? Because mm. it's a lot of this stuff is very much on screen and very obvious. Um, right. But some of it is layered so deeply that it's hard to always pull it out on a Agreed. single watch. Oh, yeah. So, Which is, you know, it's how we cut our teeth in this industry. With this. Yeah. With this uh, particular show, it's it's beefy. Yeah, you can really rip into it. If if it was all on the surface, you wouldn't need us. Speaking of windy montages, I think that's about enough uh, blowjobs for Kelly Dixon <laughs> and Vince Gilligan. Uh-huh. We should talk about the episode that they created. Okay, yeah, we start off with this. Everyone knows it's windy montage. Oh, so great. I, uh, you you know, we were challenged a couple weeks ago uh, by Judd B mm-hmm. to think of a top five cold opens, and this was not on our radar. But yeah. it's a really strong cold open, man. Totally. It's funny. It's kind of insightful. It <laughs> it's sets funny in st- that way that makes you go, man, I shouldn't be laughing at this. Yeah. That Vince Gilligan does so well. Yeah. Like her fighting for that fur coat with another whore <laughs> and getting uh-huh. stiffed for $5 for a blowjob and throwing, throwing a root beer soda, at the guy. Yeah. Um, yep. It's 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 and just the blowjob after blowjob. I mean, the, right. the subject matter itself doesn't match the tone of the. The montage, which is what I love about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, so I guess they were short, short on time here. Okay. And this episode um, is directed by uh, one of the more prolific directors of uh, Breaking Bad, Adam Bernstein, um, who is married to the better half of Grey Matter, Gretchen. The actress okay. plays Gretchen. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't have time to do this, so he asked Vince to run the the second crew, and Vince did like between him and Michelle McLaren, they teamed up and did this cold open. Wow, they did. Well, did, he says he that know he was Adam still to? directed it because they're working off his notes, but they're the ones that ah, actually okay. shot it. Yeah, yeah. And like particularly the, all the sped up sequences, they used a uh, a Canon DSLR that was set to take a picture, wow. a still okay. picture, like once every five seconds, and Vince was just sitting in a chair. Telling the actress who stayed in makeup for like five hours for that one picture to just like, okay, now pace. All right, go to the phone booth. All right, bring the police car on. And they just did that like for four and five. And she just had to be do this pantomime stuff while they're yeah. getting this sped up footage. But it's what it, it takes to get the shot. Really pays off. The other tidbit I got from the insider cast, and everyone swears they're not making this up. Is that right? As they were getting ready for the first scene of Win- of, of Wendy doing her like drive through blowjob thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Vince looked because they're still doing the f- final prep, and Vince looked up, and there was a car there, and she was leaned in and talking to the guy, and Vince is like, "What the fuck? We're not even shooting yet." What he's kind of like annoyed, like, "What the hell?" 
And it turns out that was just a dude that saw her standing on the corner and pulled up for a blowjay. Oh, no. In front of a film crew ready to roll? Well, it was back in the distance. But, yeah, they they said that the guy was kind of, like, seemed blasted out of his mind. Sure. Yeah. But they were, like, on the bullhorns of whoever this lady is that plays Wendy's. Like, do not get in the car. This is not an actor. (laughs) Put down the cock. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. and he and also Vince said that he said I can't swear in a Bible, but he thinks that that actual shot is in the montage. Oh no! Because what they do, and he's like, how you know? The, my first thought was, how did you get that legally squared away? Which, as mm-hmm. I was thinking, that Kelly Dixon was saying, how did you guys get that leak? You know, the release. And he's like, when you're filming in public, I guess what you do is you put like big billboards up on all the entrances that says there's a mm-hmm. you know a film being uh, shot here. If you go beyond this border, you are you are giving consent to be filmed. So that handles you. You notice there's huh. all kinds of cars passing in the background. Yeah, yeah. So he actually unwittingly gave his consent. He says, "I I wouldn't swear on it, but I'm pretty sure that that wow. real John is in is in that montage." That's amazing. Yeah, no, <laughs> that was that was fun. Uh, but this serves as more than just fun. This opening scene it also serves to set up the episode, uh, which an opening scene should. In that it shows Wendy dropping off lunch to these guys who killed Combo. And Jesse's watching from the distance. He's a plotting. Yeah. Uh, then we go to Junior driving down the road, talking to Walt about his driving test that's coming up. Walt doesn't care that he's using both feet on the pedals for the first time. You're going to um, have to use both feet on the pedals when you're pushing your bike with a playing <laughs> card and the spokes, Junior. Uh-huh. Get used to working both pedals. <laughs> yep. Uh, and he makes a comment about, you know, he, he doesn't care as long as it gets him safely from point A to point B. Which is a big change from the last uh-huh. time he was trying to teach him how to drive. Yeah, and it kind of shows this mode that Walt's fallen into, right? Like, I'm going to do things that that serve my purpose, and it doesn't really matter if they're the right way. They're the half measures. They're that sort of thing. Yeah, it is an interesting look at his evolving life view. Like, everything doesn't have to be correct. You can bend some rules. Yeah, whereas before, he's the chemist, the the stickler yeah. for the details. It's all you can't the ride details. your brakes. You're going to you know, wear out the pads. Yeah. Um, and then we go to Skyler uh, looking up Monday, money laundering on Wikipedia. <laughs> this is who has not Googled like something about the life of crime, just like you get yeah. a wild hair. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, you know, this minor- minority report is coming on television. Which oh, I was kind of a boy. fan of the movie. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like the FBI could start an office of pre crime just by monitoring people's Wikipedia searches. Yeah. Like searching for information on money laundering mm-hmm. or, you know, and grow lamps or grow lamps or <laughs> dissolving bodies in acid. You just yep. show up to the, yep. okay, what, what the fuck's going on? Sure. And, and you either are in the, about to commit a crime or you're going to get scared straight when the FBI, you know, that's like the big brother universe that we sure. don't want to live in. No. But I'm pretty sure you could do that and it would be startlingly effective. Yeah. The, I mean, this is why we don't want the NSA having our, our, personal phone call records right sure and it's that also the argument they use and... that they're keeping us safe because i'm not even saying it wouldn't work i'm just saying that sure. i don't want to live it, in it's that a, society it's a faulty argument though right anybody mm. searching for money laundering and grow lamps is not necessarily going to go into growing weed or growing uh mushrooms or... but they sure as hell won't when the fbi does a does an yeah. interview with them and their family about it sure that's that's <laughs> their take uh, so Skyler comes out of the house when, when Junior gets home and asks Walt if he's thought any more about this car wash thing. He says, no, he hasn't. He doesn't want to hear about it. Um, and Walt notices this whole inner plan that he's still estranged. 
mm-hmm. and that will look fishy if all of this money is funneling to his estranged family. Uh, so he suggests that he come back home and they negotiate how many nights per week he'll be able to have dinner with the family. They settle on four nights a week with two hours notice and he gets his own key. This was a brilliant scene because yeah. it came across as kind of seductive, but it was also on the surface like this negotiation where, you know, Walt's like, you know, I'm just not buying it. I think the estranged husband, if he's going to be this nice, should be sleeping with his wife in his own bed. Yeah. And Skylar's like, oh, this suddenly became a fantasy story. It's <laughs> it's really good because I think Skylar yeah. is getting into this. Yeah, it's That's this my bizarre... interpretation this second time through. The first time through, I'm pretty sure I thought that she was kind of being you know like pump the brakes like i don't i i'm not ready to have you i think she's kind of ready to have him back in his bed and this is kind of flirty this is them flirting with each other and maybe this prospect i mean is she still working at the bin key place i don't know because it it, they dropped that thread jr jr not jr geez i'm on dallas (laughs) jr said in this episode when hank asked uh that neither his mom or dad are working right now. yeah so she must not be working at the bin key place anymore uh, which she's probably bored at home, you know, and wants something to do and to be able to put her mind to use. Mm-hmm. And this car wash opportunity is a good one for her. Well, she never stopped loving Walt. We know that when uh, Walt had an edge to him in season one, that that was a big turn on for her. And yeah. if she's buying this fiction that he is making all this money and he's important and, you know, no, it's not conventional, but we're not in any danger. Mm-hmm. I could see her being seeing this as a as a turn on and. And deflects her bookkeeping skills in this kind of way. Yeah. Is probably, you know, like I said, everybody got a little bit of gangster in them. Yeah, she wants to show off. Everybody's got a little bit of gangster in them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the rare times that I agree with AV Club in the reviews, uh, and, and I don't agree with their whole review of this episode, but I think they kind of nail it on Skylar where she's also taking half measures, right? Like mm-hmm. she should make a decision, either shit or get off the pot with this criminal life thing. Yeah. She is either going to accept what Walt's done and take him back and say, yeah, you're forgiven because uh, that's fine. Or she's going to say, no, none of this is acceptable. Get out of our lives. She doesn't do either. She's a half measure kind of person in this episode as well. The, that could be interpreted as shrewd though. You know, uh, well, I mean, she's digging herself into the money laundering game. How how could that be true? What I'm saying is, like, there's one thing to come to the conclusion internally that I'm okay with Walt's what's Walt's doing. I actually kind of even like it on some level. And yes, it's scary, but maybe that's fun, too. Um, It's one thing to think that, but it's also another to let Walt know that you're thinking that Mm, because right now she has. And and I think that. From what I've seen in their uh, season one relationship, yeah. that there was some struggle over who has the hand in the relationship. And ultimately, oh, yeah. Skylar won and Walt did unsuccessful guerrilla resistance throughout their marriage until you got to the depressing state that it was in at the beginning. So now Walt's sure. had the, you know, Walt is the one that's like, no, you're not divorced. You're not, you're not kicking me out. I'm moving back in. You're not yeah. doing this. I'm doing this. You're and not here's keep- all this money. And yeah, like I'm yeah. having my way. And now she's got an opportunity to get that hand back in the relationship. Mm. And I think she's relishing it. It's a good point. And kind of, I think Walt kind of enjoys it too. Walt, yeah. uh, that's probably how it went in the beginning. Like he was kind of fascinated that she'd get his goat. Man, I'm doing all this amateur psychological analysis <laughs> of the relationship. Yeah, but I, I think most of it is right on. I agree with it. Okay. 
Uh, she mentions something about Bonnie. What's her name? She's talking about Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde, Clyde, right? And I don't know Bonnie's last name either. No, no one does. Bonnie Buffett. No, not even Bonnie knew. No. <laughs> um, so Jesse insists that Walt get a beer after work as they're they're cooking in the super lab. <laughs> Walt's face like hard pass. <laughs> yeah, this has never happened. Uh, and then he shows Walt a tenth of the blue at the restaurant and tells him that he got it from the guys who killed Combo and that they used a kid to kill Combo. And he lays out the case and how he knows. And then he asks Walt for some rice and lays out his plan for getting it into the food that Wendy's going to deliver to these guys. And Walt says, no, no, we're not doing that because it accomplishes nothing. Uh, Jesse Leaves says, I'm going to do it with or without you. Yeah. And Jesse's played with this barely contained fury, yeah. which I enjoy. And Walt is, incre- you know, I my interpretation here is that Walt agrees with the points that Jesse's making, but he yeah. doesn't. You know, he's scared. He's scared to rock the boat for all the reasons we've talked about. Yeah. And then he goes, you know, he plays a little dirty with Jesse. It's like, you know, you could have done right. this months ago, but you right. were too busy getting high and feeling That's sorry bullshit, for yourself. Walt. Yeah. He wasn't right. getting high and feeling sorry for himself. He had no idea what had happened. Sure. And it's one thing, like, I think it's the difference. In, you know, you always hear gangsters. It's not, it's just, it's not business. It's just, or it's not personal. It's just business. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, that it's used by hacky writers and it means the opposite. Yeah. You know, um, that it is kind of personal in the way you're doing it or whatever. But there is an aspect of, like, if you're a drug dealer and you get shot by another drug dealer, that that's, like, a different crime than if you whack a civilian, you know? Oh, yeah. Or, like, you know, if you if you use children or you, like, the wire, you don't... They have their own moral code. You don't, sh- you don't, you don't shoot up places on Sundays, man. You don't want to yeah. hit... Nobody's grandma needs their church hat shot. So there's rules to the game. You and break and the you rules, die. The rules always get broken. The rules sure. always get broken by somebody who has less scruples and is less ethical in whatever context you want to put that in. Yeah. Uh, and it always it always breaks bad. Yeah. Every time. Uh, we get tank cam here or whatever uh, those those big, big ass. The tanks that they're using to brew up the meth. Oh, yeah. What, what are those called? They have like an official name. Vats? Vats. Eh. Pressure cookers. Yeah, vats seem so... Metal thingies. Canisters. <laughs> what do you call them in beer brewing? Uh, they have an actual, like... Do they? Kettles? Vats? Uh, uh, beer vats, yeah. Carboys. Jesse would know. <laughs> Jesse would know. Which one? Both of them. Jesse all, W. All of and and uh, Jesse Pigman. Yeah. All right. The, these vats. Yeah. Uh, they, they have a shot of out up through the top as Jesse pours the the fluid in whatever chemical he's using, which I thought was cool. Um, Jesse, I noticed at this restaurant doesn't drink beer. He drinks Coke. He's like completely substance abuse free. Straight edging, man. Yeah. He's going all the way with it, Uh, which makes it extra tragic when you see at the end what he's got to do. And like you said, it was not fair, not fair for Walt to change this conversation. I kind (laughs) of, That's very dishonest. It's a mm-hmm. uh, low blow, Walt. And Jesse completely does not engage with it. It's no, like, as he shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You because he knows. I think he knows Walt at this point. That's like, I see what you're doing, and you know, even though it's not working, and you know you're wrong. So yeah, he he sees that Walt is just scared, and that Walt is looking for anything to cling on to to keep this life afloat that he's built. Yeah, and Jesse wants to do. The quote-unquote right thing. I mean, make your own moral judgments on killing people who use children to kill yeah. other people. But 
Uh, I also I'm, like I'm the, pretty sure we'll talk about that later. I also like the callback to Wendy standing up to Hank's interrogation for five yes. hours. Like Wendy's get, you know, we had a little, we Take had a little that, gentle Walt. fun with her in the beginning, but we reminded that she's actually more formidable than she appears. Yeah. Because that's like, you know, when Walt says like, oh, you're going to trust her. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of a good point. And then Jesse shoots back at that. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's extra. It's just like a big slap in the face because I mean, being a rat is one of the worst things you can be in the mm-hmm. criminal underworld. Walt later on says, I didn't rat you out to Gus. No, you fucking did. You no, went straight to Gus. You went to straight to Walt or Saul. He didn't strictly rat okay. him out to Gus. Yes. Fine, not directly to Gus, but he went to Saul and that all made its way back. Yeah, like, I would have I loved for Jesse to take his bait on that. It's like, oh. And then he's like, no, I actually went to Saul and we we're going to put you in jail for a couple months. You know, nothing serious, yeah, just enough yeah. to cool you down. Yeah, that, you know, not that's jail, actually worse. The orange jumpsuit thing. Oh, you mean jail? Yeah, the ones with the shitty toilets to back up. That one. Yeah, so, I mean, we're at that scene now. Saul, um, or sorry, no, we're not. We go to Hank and Marie first and Junior playing cards. And Junior's kind of asking why Hank isn't well enough to go home. And he says, oh, I can't move my legs. I'm shitting in buckets. Junior doesn't buy that one. He throws crutches right in Hank's face. Which we saw, we saw yeah. that coming last episode. And now it's like Junior playing that card. Yeah, the other super important thing in this scene is how Marie is covering for Walt and Skyler. When when Hank starts to go, oh, how are they not working? Uh, Can you well, imagine what, what Hank bills? would do if he found out that they were paying for all of this? Oh, he'd go ballistic. He would yeah. literally explode. He would walk out of that hospital room, I guarantee <laughs> it, and go kick some ass. On, on, on his two stiff boners, one he spontaneously <laughs> grown out of rage. Uh-huh. Or Junior's crutches. Junior, give me those crutches. <laughs> I, gotta, I got some ass to kick. Uh, yeah, but I thought that was interesting. You know, th- This fiction that she spun a couple of episodes ago, now Marie's standing up for it. Yeah. I like that the, there's all these threads connecting. Like later on in the episode, when Walt gets the, you know, clue that jesse's about to do something rash where skyler's starting to lay the road work for junior it's like hey your dad and i think about buying a car wash and that's all in the background yes there's like all mm-hmm. these threads coming together yeah she's she's smart about how she's handling this operation uh saul and walt are waiting for jesse in his office and walt's explaining that they need to calm him down and he floats this idea of getting jesse arrested and saul says i'll call my pi see what we can do I like the shot, the establishing shot of Walt playing with the scales of justice, balancing things with paper clips and stuff, kind of like he's manipulating. Nice. Yeah. I thought that was... Or he's weighing it in his own head, right? Like, sure. what should I do here? Yeah. I, I thought that was pretty good for yeah. uh, a little baking gotlany, but I'll allow it. Yeah, and you can see Walt just doing backflips here, spinning to try to get something to line up in his head where he can... You know, not betray Jesse, yeah. but get him out of the picture. And it's like, suggest- you know, not in jail is in jail, jail. It's like, you know, where you, you're at the orange yeah. jumpsuit. And Walt's like, trash. no, that's jail. It's jail. Jo- yeah. That, there is nothing that's jail that's not jail. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I wonder. I'm curious about these level two joins. What the fuck is that all about? Like, is there I'm a. Not, I'm, there are better and worse. I mean, minimum security certainly. prison, but it's still, like yeah. you said, it's jail. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a halfway house, maybe? Is there a. Yeah, Walt's looking for this half measure that mm. just is not going to work. Then we go to Jesse psyching up Wendy to make the delivery of ricin that somehow he's purchased on the internet, like ricin.amazon.com. I oh, don't no, know he if... got on the he got on the onion ring. The dark web? Yeah, he, he got yeah. on the, what is that, the Silk he Road? Logged into Tor, yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, he did I need fat stacks of ricin, yo. I got the Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, uh... You know what's super sad about this scene? Like, what? the ultimate topper that just... 
makes me go, oh, Wendy is getting paid in meth. Not money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Meth. Well, that's what she, I mean, that's the other interesting thing in the establishing shot. Like, the only value she has is money is that she can put root beer in her face mm-hmm. and cock. Or and not, cock. meth Whoa. in her nose. Whoa. Or and meth veins, in her nose. Or, and, and cock going I mean, in her cock mouth. Cock in her is, nose, too. Maybe. That's part of the cycle. It's that's definitely part of the circle of life here. Yeah. Cock is in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the equation. Who knows where cock might fit in, right? honestly. Right. Uh, given the quantity of meth. But yeah, like, that's, it's just, she's, uh, a harvester that turns money into the meth. It's sad too because we find out she's got a kid, and, and she's t- got morals. Like Jesse's like, "Look, it's just yeah. delivering hamburgers," and she's like, "But it's not just delivering hamburgers." And the way she says it is so fun, sad, and tragic, but funny. Yes, you know, funny that's a because... ridiculous line. Like these are death hamburgers. Uh-huh. That's a ridiculous meth. I'm gonna kill someone with a hamburger, Jim. Yeah. No, it's uh That's like the you know rate gone wrong. It's a rated R version of a Ronald McDonald commercial, you know, with the hamburger <laughs> getting up the it's the red band trailer for <laughs> McDonald's. Yeah. It's the HBO uh Criterion edition. Yeah. Ronald McDonald. I just thought it was super sad. Uh Mike shows up at Walt's house to tell him that this plan to get Jesse arrested is quote unquote moronic. <laughs> I'd like <laughs> it's moronic. Uh-huh. Uh, Gus wouldn't like it, and instead Mike tells him a story from his past about taking a half measure when he should have taken a full measure, uh, should have gone all the way, and obviously he's telling Walt that they should kill Jesse. Yeah, and... If you're going to do it, do it. Jonathan Banks found another gear in this scene. Yes, he did. That, like, lip, like, that his his upper lip quivering, like it wants to snarl the full time once he starts talking about this asshole. Yeah, how much he hates this guy. You can see it behind yeah. his stone face eyes. It's really good. This is one of the, the top easy top five monologue in the show. Yeah. And I it I mean, I don't know how many people watching this have seen Better Call Saul, but it it prepares you for the work that he can do in Better Call sure. Saul. Yeah. I mean he you know, not for nothing, Jonathan Banks won an Emmy for his work in this uh not this season. I think yeah, he yeah. got it in one of the later seasons, but mm-hmm. and and he's that good in Better Call Saul, so For sure. Uh this story he's telling about this guy and how he, you know, he's on patrol here and he he takes this guy in on his partner's night off and the guy's sitting in the back seat humming Danny Boy. All I can think in my head is the Big Lebowski where he's singing Branded in the back of that police car. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it somewhat reduces the impact of that story, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Jesse and Wendy are waiting for the dealers to show up when Mike and Victor show up and take Jesse off the street Send Wendy packing. Uh, they drive him out to the chicken ranch where Gus, Walt, and the two dealers that he was going to kill are waiting. And Gus knows the story, and he demands that this be settled here and now. Jesse refuses to play nice, and he clues Gus into the fact that they're using kids to do their dealing um, and their killing. And Gus tells the dealers, no more children. And Jesse promises to keep the peace. Does he? Is that a legit promise? At this point. I think maybe it is. I think so, too. There's so much tension in this scene, man. Watching this, you're like, how far is Jesse going to go? Because we have to say that... Is Jesse going to get himself killed? (laughs) That I don't think this is something we touched on a lot. But in my mind, in this this season and the the, the ones to come, I always thought that Walt would survive to the end, but I was in any given season terrified for Skyler, uh, Hank, 
yeah holly you mm-hmm. know we 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 talked about holly and junior getting whacked <laughs> and like what that would do to walt and yeah i'm you know we're afraid for all these people and where they're going to make it out of the season and and you know th- this really works because i honestly believe that jesse could die yeah and i, I do and too. from this point in this episode i was kind of like oh god because Gus says the only reason you're still alive is because of this man on this table. Mm-hmm. And then Je- Jesse, when he goes, you know, look at me, he Jesse actually flinches. He's terrified of this man. And you can see the imbalance of respect here, right? Yes. Like you can see why Walt gets his respect where Jesse doesn't. Yes. But even though Jesse's afraid and terrified, he still stands up for the right thing. He does not back down. He gets right back in Gus's face. Yeah. And it's and with a valid concern. Yes. And one that I don't think Gus knew about, honestly. I yeah. think when he brings this up, it's not like Gus saying, Oh, I guess you know then. It's more like Gus saying, Okay, you have a point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then taking some action on that. Yeah. And this but handshake there's so much to talk about in this scene. This it's handshake amazing. seemed like it's an asymmetrical kind of warfare too, because yeah. those two punks were openly contemptuous of jesse the whole time like they're all but blowing him kisses yeah they're wagging their eyebrows they're kind of like you know giving him and they would if they thought they could get away with it yeah so force and and they're thinking he's soft because he's got this problem with kids and Mm -hmm. all you know like and he's clearly not as as tough as they are and a street and you can tell that it they think it's amusing that this little bitch in their eyes is going to have to shake their hand yeah and Jesse doesn't like it. But also, it's not fair. He's got to shake two hands. They each only have to shake one hand. That's true. Not fair. It's also, yeah, I mean, Walt should have gotten <laughs> up there as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, one hand each. But no, it's a great it's it's a great scene and it's also a continuing it's continuing of our evolution of seeing Gus as this godfather figure. I mean, this is something that that Marlon Brando would do. He'd sit down yeah. everybody and make the mm-hmm. fucking peace. Yeah, so I want to go back briefly to what you said about whether Jesse can die or not. The scene starts out like every scene you've seen in Godfather or Goodfellas or Scarface where somebody is like, take a ride. Let's take a ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think that might be the end of Jesse right Mm -hmm. then and there. Victor might put a gun to his head in the back seat and boom. So I I thought it was good how they started that out. Um, Also, the the other other thing thing I remember watching this episode is I lost track of where I was during – that's one thing that sucks about dramatic television. If you're you, a lot of times you got the DVR right there in front of the TV and it's got the time and you can kind of like casually glance down and be like, oh, well, there's still 30 minutes. I know Jesse's not going to die. Mm. But um, when here, like the my old setup didn't have that because I didn't have cable. I was watching this on Netflix or something and I lost it's such a good episode. I lost track. So, yes, that also helps that this could be the last scene. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I've been watching this 30 minutes, 60 minutes. I couldn't tell you. That does help for sure. I need to get some black tape and tape over that because <laughs> it's spoil. It, it's the biggest spoiler bar none. Set it like 20 minutes ahead. <laughs> then you'll that always think the, la- the last scene. I always feel sorry for up. people that are like, oh, I how I stay on time is I set my clocks 20 minutes early. And I'm All like, right. for real. So that have- would work twice for me until my brain's like, oh, I know I got 20 minutes. Ha- have Cecily said it randomly each each few days. That would work. That would, that work. would work. And she would be like, Not for her, you though. want me to do yeah. what? Fuck you. <laughs> you want me to buy a car wash with you? What? Yes. I'm not your clock setting slave. <laughs> uh, and the other thing in this scene. Okay. A couple more things. Walt, stone silent through the whole freaking meeting. 
even with Jesse like, look, man, you know this is wrong. Say something. Back me up. What are you doing? Yeah. I, but Walt? Man, I, I did not like Walt in this scene. I was angry at him. For not stepping up. He wants to get out of that chicken shack alive. I know, I know, <laughs> but there's also, like, but he's completely ignoring the moral responsibility he has, right? And the ethical oh, responsibility. Yeah. yeah. And, and and Jesse knows it, and Jesse's angry about it, and it might get Jesse killed. Mm-hmm. And that's the scary part. So, I don't know. Um, I, I also feel like this is a bit of a, a half measure on Gus's part. Well, okay, let's talk about Gus's role in this whole thing well i mean that's the thing like this this episode is not titled half measure uh-huh it's entitled half measures i Lots think of people with half measures here yes um so so gus does gus really think that his decree here carries so much weight that it cannot be uh violated i do i think gus he thinks, thinks he has the ultimate, his mind yeah. i mean he's got the backing of the cartel if no. in his calm voice he just says no more children these dealers are not going to use children anymore because he's Gus. Now, what I was shocked at is because I don't know. I hmm. did Gus know they were using children, or is that low level street don't... operations that he doesn't really care about? That okay. Before I answer that question, I want to pose another question to think about in tandem. Okay. Did Gus potentially order Tomas's death? To answer that question, I'm going to pose another question. No, I, I, that's the seriously thing. Like, though. All I, of these, I was are about to, up. I was about yeah. to ask you that because the natural question is: Are these? If he didn't order it, then this is a pretty big fuck you from the street dealers to Gus. I think so. I think so. Um, I mean, killing this kid is certainly not the outcome that Gus would have wanted, assuming he didn't order it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not technically a violation of his word, right? No more children. Well, we got to get rid of the one we used, but okay. From yeah, because he's no going to be butthurt that we threw him out of the gang. And he's that's the thing. Like, talk, my and... talk. We're we're preserving, you know, the the operation here. Yeah, they could view it that way. But if you look at it as Gus giving this order, there are a couple of layers to this, right? Gus could just be giving the order because he knows that that's the best move, and that's that's the full measure that he needs to take. Mm-hmm. Or he could be doing this to get Jesse to react in order to justify killing Jesse to Walt. That's another strong possibility. And we know that Gus operates in layers here. Well, and I think that what, if you want to carry that thought, because I was want to circle back to that too, if you want to carry that thought out to his logical conclusion, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about Gus as always four or five steps ahead. Yes. I think Gus intended for that to piss off Jesse and Jesse to come and these guys yeah. were ready for him. Like they saw him coming. Yeah. Look what happened. And they were going to gun him down in the street like a dog. And that would have been that. Look what happened with Juan Bolsa. Yeah. Uh, we know that there are multiple levels to his strategies. And I think that could be part of it. It's just, we you know, know we, the only thing that want you Jesse can say against it is your increasingly false looking hope that Gus is a reasonable businessman. Okay. Yeah. Now, the thing that I don't understand is that re- when someone throws that reasonable businessman in his face, it seems to work. O- okay. Although like he that- does say no more children, he orders the children murdered. So, yeah, because this seemed to make him take Jesse seriously briefly. But I don't know. How, so, yeah, so if Jesse I, hadn't done hmm. that, if Jesse just shook hands, what would have been the provocation? I, I don't think it's important to answer that, but I think you and I are convinced that Gus would have had a provocation in mind yeah i mean we certainly know that he doesn't want jesse as part of this operation and he's only doing it out of respect for walt Uh right yeah 
Um, so if he could create a scenario in which Jesse needs to be taken out and even Walt can see that. Yeah. I think that would be a good thing in his eyes. And I think this is a charade for Walt to see, like, look how reasonable, like he can be like, you know, Walter, no one wanted peace more than I. Yeah. You know, with all this provocation and you know how much, how much personal authority and capital it cost me to bring these guys in the car. I mean, he could have spun that till the cows come home. And also Walt, of course we disagree on the interpretation of it. but Walt has gone on record saying, I, I understand your methods, mm-hmm. even when it's my own fucking brother-in-law. So I think I think Gus could reasonably think that Walt would go along with this. And Walt's, I mean, so he kills Jesse. Walt's self-preservation kicks in again, right? Sure. Like, I, I'm not going to overturn this I mean, an this interesting question cart, is, why does Walt do the thing that Walt does at the end of this episode? Yeah. Which I'm sure we'll, we'll spend talk a lot of time it. talking yes, about. Yes, we will. Uh, the other thing that I that we need to remember is last episode where he tells... Walt never to make the same mistake twice. Mm-hmm. And I think Gus is in is at risk of making that same mistake. Well, I mean, that's the funny thing, because even even the, the man himself, Mike, arguably takes several half measures throughout the run of the yeah. series as well. Yeah. Uh, so many people. And it's I think it's in contrast to Walt is always the one who's ready to swing the the hammer mm-hmm. uh, and do what needs to be done to protect himself. <laughs> and that you know, keeps getting in more and more horrific, but yeah, it's yeah. So they're, they're driving back to town and Walt tells Jesse that his actions affect other people. And sometimes compromises have to be made. Jesse obviously doesn't want to hear this shit. And he storms off and gets in his car and drives away. And we see Tomas biking off to work, which I thought was nice little touch at the end, literal foreground shadowing shadowing. Yeah. Uh, so Marie in the hospital gives Hank a sponge bath <laughs> and she checks on uh, what's going on downstairs. And Hank is insistent that nothing will happen here. Like, try her damnedest. Marie cannot get his his boner in motion here. His groundhog to see his shadow. Does that imply uh-huh. he's got an in, like when he's flaccid, he's got an innie? <laughs> I, yes. I think yes, so. Confirmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Marie makes him this bet that she can make something happen. And if she can, he goes home. Then smash cut to him being wheeled out of so his good. hospital room with all of his stuff. I love it. Yeah, this is great. This is the uh, with this just glower on so his it, face. This is the uh, this is the antithesis of the sad birthday hand job. It is. This is yeah. like you give Marie a one minute deadline, and she's like, "All right, I, I, it's time to start double fisting things." Yep. yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty good technique. Good stuff. Uh, Jesse and Andrea are laying in bed when Andrea gets a call from her grandmother, and something is apparently very bad. And then she shows up at a crime scene where Tomas has been killed. And Jesse is looking uh, eye-wateringly furious here. Yeah, I mean, almost like... He almost he kind of Keanu Reeves it, though. Yeah. Like, he's not furious and he's not devastated. He's just kind of neutral expression with glassy eyes. Like, those are tears of rage. Those are tears of frustration. Regret, and, too. He could have prevented this, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is his own personal half met. Well, I guess he tried to take the full measure. It must be really frustrating to be Jesse because Walt is always fucking up your shit. (laughs) You're trying to cook. He's 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 demolishing your RV. You're trying to murder some scumbag with with his ricin plan and he fucking narks on you. Yeah, it's a rough way to go. Uh, Walt's at work and Jesse is not there. And later that night, he's still concerned about where Jesse is, so he gives him another call. Jesse's still not picking up, and then Walt hears about Tomas's death on the TV and puts two and two together and leaves the 
the family dinner in the middle of it. Oh, just as he got his dinner privileges back, mm-hmm. he's going to do this and act bizarre in a way that he can't, you know, presumably tell Skylar. I don't think he's going to tell her. No, but um, she's going to. I mean, that's I can't the thing. imagine. Scott, he's on uh, zero. He's got murder. zero tolerance. I'm just saying, like, yeah. she's going to probably ask for a explanation. I mean. If you're watching this for the first time, you're thinking she's going to probably ask for an explanation. And he's not going to be willing to say, oh, well, I had to run over two people and, of course blast and, and, and finish one off into with a shot right to his head. Yeah. So, you know, she's now Bonnie and he's Clyde, but Clyde's keeping secrets from Bonnie. That's not how the story goes. Mm, no, you're right. So They're how is together. that going to change the evolution just as he gets back? And, you know, that's the other tragic thing. Like, Junior's so happy. <laughs> <laughs> like you see him in the background yeah. and like mom and dad are back together and they're going to get a business together and they're not going to end up getting divorced. And like, he should have negotiated for absurd. a couple of breakfasts in there too, right? <laughs> like four nights a week and two mornings. You know what doesn't happen during yeah. breakfast? A late night shootout. That's true. Yeah. You have the breakfasts. That's this is a rookie move. Jesse doesn't get up before noon. What the fuck? <laughs> there you, you go. Or you, yeah. Junior's all about the breakfasts. Statistics be damned. Mm-hmm. You go for the breakfast. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a rookie mistake. Uh, speaking of callbacks here, we, we also get a Walt Whitman reference, which was interesting mm. considering uh, Gail's references to Walt Whitman and stuff earlier. The all-powerful Yelp. Yeah, the Yelp. I had not heard that language, but I'm sure it's just old, ye old English, that it's sort of thing. Poetic. Yeah. Like, you know, Jabberwocky type shit. Vorpal Blade. There's no, never been a Vorpal Blade. No one's went snickersnack. <laughs> You're just making shit up, Carol. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's also interesting to get in Walt's head here, right? Like, he didn't let Jesse's kill these guys. Now Tomas is dead. Does Walt feel any guilt over that? Does Walt feel like maybe this is on his conscience a little bit, too? To half measure. At the very least, he knows this is going to be a serious problem. Yeah. Uh, that he immediately goes out to deal with. Right. Well, and that's the thing. He tried to take this half measure with Jesse that blew up in his face, and now he's got a dead child, which is, you know... I think Jane bothered him and the jet liner bothered him. And you can see the extreme links he went to absolve himself. Yeah. Those are all hands off deaths. Right. right. But, but this is like, it keeps getting a little bit more tender. Yeah. You know, like killing a guy who's trying to kill you. Okay. That's one thing. Then you kill a a woman who's blackmailing you and your partner and, you know, eventually is going to destroy his life. All right. <laughs> Plain full of people. Man, is that really your fault? Not and you're kind of justified fault, no. with Jane, but this is a little boy. This is 11 year old kid. Yeah, and you could have let things carry out in a way that would have prevented it. Yeah. Uh, just like Jane, but now it's a little more serious. I don't know. We go to the final scene where Jesse does bump as he sits in his car watching for the dealers who killed Tomas and Combo. First time he's abused. Yeah. Since anything. Uh, season, Beer, everything. This whole season, right? I think so. Because yeah. he, he, he got picked up out of the rehab in the in the opening scenes. Uh-huh. Um, and when they show up, he approaches them with a gun, intent on killing them, when out of nowhere, Walt in the Aztec runs over the both of them. One of them isn't dead, Walt gets out, puts a bullet in his head, then he looks up at Jesse, the camera pushes in on his face, he says, run, run. Fade to black, no music. What a great final shot. I mean, do you remember, I, this might be one of the ones we watched for the first time together, and this was like kind of launched the couch. Like, I mean, this is a moment where you just go, my, oh! It's, it's blown. Yeah. Your mind is fucking blown. Because I was geared up for Jesse to die. Yeah. And the Aztec and the brutality of it. They talked at length about how they composited this scene and used CGI to, to make it look just right. But it looks like 
Ben Hur style, a man actually got ran over by an Aztec. Oh, two men, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the one guy, the, the one, one guy, guy got, got ran under. Uh-huh. This guy got ran over. It's <laughs> and then the the coup de gras at the end where he just blows the guy's brains out. Yeah, it's amazing. All this season, Heisenberg and Walter White have been warring, much like Clark Kent and Superman into the trash compactor of Superman 3. Mm-hmm. And evil Superman won. Heisenberg won the the battle for Walt's soul. Is this Walt taking Mike's lesson to heart? No half measures? I think so. This feels like a pretty full measure. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how, what's my, other than... Maybe, well, because he had to save Jesse, because, like, the full measure would be to go yeah. ahead and kill Gus, too, but how the hell is that yeah. going to happen? <laughs> I don't know how you're going to get away with that. But, uh, so this is, like, one of those moments akin to, like, stay out of my territory from the previous season. <laughs> it's a little where, bit more emphatic than that, for sure. But the, one of those moments where I'm feeling as an audience member, yes, yes, that's exactly what I wanted to see. That's amazing. You know it would be funny? Like, YouTube the high got... is so high here. So is I think the way this shot is that um you know Walt follows those guys out of the hardware store into the parking lot and he says something and they look up at him. Mm. It'd be funny to cut it there and then splice uh Walt running him over with the U-Haul. Uh-huh. And then as soon as it comes to rest splice Walt in there like stay out of my territory. Like that's he's back to taking full measures in season yeah. 2. The trouble is, so I went back and I watched that state of my territory scene after this. Oh, okay. Like, trying to see if the shots were similar Probably or anything. Isn't. Probably not. They're actually not. The state of my territory is a surprisingly less dramatic shot, uh, but the music is what makes it there, and the intensity of Don't they do a low, low-angle hero shot of him, too? They don't, no. I thought oh, that's I what thought, they did. Yeah, my mind, that's they, they do. They do a standard over-the-shoulder for, like, the other guy. Uh-huh. Like the the dude who he's confronting there. Yeah. Uh it's over his shoulder, just straight on shot on Walt. Hmm. It's surprisingly anticlimactic given how impressive that scene is. Yeah, well it just shows how much the stakes of Breaking Bad kept on going up and up and how yeah. much the spectacle of it. For sure. <laughs> this is amazing. Uh and another shot that's really cool that Stephen Wall points out is this uh this shot after Jesse does this this bump here, he he like kind of blurs out in this prism like sea of color and, and also and blur. The way they did his his really walk cool. to the dealers, where they did like mm-hmm. different different jumpy cuts and time cuts, gave it that very trippy kind of ethereal feel. And the way you hear the car coming before, before you, you see know it. what the hell's going on. Yeah, yeah. You're like I hear a car revving. Oh, oh, it's the Aztec. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I, again. That's one of the all-time great first viewing experiences. Yeah. If you don't know that's coming, if you stay away from the spoilers, it is powerful. So a couple of things I want to talk about. Uh, Walt does this, obviously, to save Jesse, right? He knows Jesse is about to make a huge mistake. I think it runs slightly deeper than this idea that these drug dealers are going to kill him, though. What he's banking on is the fact that Gus won't kill Walt for this transgression, but he would easily, certainly, kill Jesse. I think he's doing it to protect him from Gus, not these dealers. Yes, no, I think you're okay. You're you're dead on. Uh, and also, Walt, this is straight up murder. Like, say what you want about the ethics of killing these guys who kill kids, use kids in this horrible way. This is these are murders, hands on, straight up murder. Right? Walt is a murderer, and even though he protested during the episode, now he is. 
Yeah, hasn't he murdered? I mean, Crazy people? Eight is the only other hands-on murder he did, but that was in direct response. Yeah, to the threat that yeah he, he was about to let him go. In fact, um, yeah, yeah, you're probably right that this is the first straight-up murder. And he has his reasons, you know? He's going to justify it in his own head. And you could argue that it's in defense of... It's a justifiable defense of Jesse. Yes, certainly, but... But legally speaking, it's It's not murder. a threat on his own life. Yeah. This is a straight-up murder. Well, I mean, that's, so does that further the Walt sees Jesse as family? Like, that that's becoming... Oh, yeah. A, a sign that that's becoming deeper? Because I do think that... Yeah, absolutely. That's what Gus and underestimated. Uh, yep. Gus didn't understand the depth of affection that Walt had for Jesse at this point in the story. Sure, he thought this was. I mean, I that seems like okay. So that seems like a miscalculation by Gus that he didn't really understand Walt. And you know, it's like I can't remember who. There's this one um, kind of villainous character in a, a series. I can't remember it, but I remember it clearly. He says, "I don't, I don't ask questions. I don't know the answers to." Yeah, kind of like. You know, it's like, this looks like, that's the difference between, this looks like such a good opportunity, you know, it's too good to be true, and, you know, the person that doesn't have that philosophy would go and walk into the trap, the person that didn't. It's like, until I understand the motivation, like, if it's too good to be true, there's got to be a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, Gus has always struck me as that kind of person, but he knows there's this congruence between this this guy he deeply respects, or at least intellectually respects. I don't think I think that a lot of this respect talk is, is some bullshit. Why is he so loyal to this junkie? Because he was his former teacher. That doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't make it sense. Seems in Gus's that head, Walt, yeah. that Gus, unless I guess Gus just doesn't see Walt as a threat. Or maybe it ties in. Like I was I was talking or about. He last thought it would episode. move too quickly. Um. So so last episode, he calls Walt over to his house for dinner. He says, oh, you know, my, my kids or whatever, my family. And I was questioning in that episode whether or not he actually has a family. Mm-hmm. I, I still question that, and I question it even more after this episode and the miscalculation on his part of how attached Walt is to the people around him. I... I don't know if Gus, being the man he is, can have those kind of attachments. And if he views those attachments as less than... They really are. Well, the other thing is, I I do think this is true. If Gus, if Jesse had died before Walt could save him, I don't know how the story ends, but I know the story doesn't end with Gus or Walt saying like, well, fuck all this stuff, and I'm going to shoot you in the face, or I'm going to shoot your dealers. He would probably keep cooking. Yeah. Which is what Gus wants. Because it's plausible deniability on Gus's part, right? Well, no, I think think Walt would know. I I think Walt would know. And that Gus knows he's not that stupid, but Walt would have no play. What if Gus kills those two dealers after the fact? Like, they kill Jesse. Walt goes to him and says, here's what happened. He kills the two dealers. That puts Walt's mind at ease, right? Mm. Like, they did not have my authorization for that. He kills the two dealers, and it's clean slate again. Yeah, I I was thinking it's interesting about the underworld loyalty politics, because, like, that's not something Gus can do for free. Like, people will hear, like, oh, Gus certainly. killed those guys for, but I guess if the word on the street is they bucked his order. And, yeah, and kill the kid. Like, I could see that But that's a conspiracy. Right. If anyone finds out, that could hurt yeah. Gus's opportunity to get good people in the future. But. It seems like that's what always if, brings down if criminal If he ordered organizing. the hit of this kid, uh-huh. and Jesse goes in, gets killed. Yeah. So, so there's two ways this plays out, right? He orders yeah. the hit of this kid. Either Jesse goes in there, kills these two dealers, now, uh. 
he's killed his dealers and Gus can justify to Walt, we need to take Jesse out or, or take Jesse out and then justify it post Hawk to Walt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that flies. Maybe it doesn't depending on Walt's mood that day or they kill Jesse and now he can kill them and there's no trail back to him on this conspiracy of killing this kid. So Walt has no like qualms about working for a guy who will kill kids. Yeah, I still think any the- any theory that 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 posits that Walt is going to be fooled or go along with this, or even that Gus will think he is, I think it's just more of Gus putting Walt in a position where he doesn't have a play. This position, That's I don't think true, Gus yeah. foresaw him making this play, but this was a play. I can save Jesse. Yeah. Now your cook team's intact. We got our justice. They killed you. The beauty you of said Walt's to plans. us that there's no children. They killed the child. Like you've kind of got Gus on the horns of a dilemma. Now it's amazing. Walt's plans are always hail marys, and it's they're and never they always, well thought out. They're the, reactionary. They're yeah. long shots, and they work. Yeah, but just barely. Yeah, he is the you know because it it's gets like, him out of the current situation and maybe puts him in hotter water. Sure, it's like in Super Mario when you finally beat the game. Uh-huh. That is the one version of Mario that lived, and the thousands that you know yes. got bit by turtles and stomped on by mushrooms and burnt by fireballs. They all winked out of his. <laughs> Walt picks up this gay video game called Breaking Bad and aces it. Yeah. He yeah. beats it on the first run and then like, okay, it's it's kind of amazing. Because, yes, he tends to take these insane risks because what's he got to lose? He's a dead man anyway. Sure. Yeah. But they always, always connect. And that's kind of how he outfights and outmaneuvers Gus at this point. And, mm-hmm. you know, the other thing that if you're a thinking fan at this point, you're what thinking, the hell is Gus gonna do? what the hell is Gus going to do? <laughs> Because Gus is the man that employs a man that has this no half measures philosophy. Uh huh. So what is his philosophy going to be? Uh, I don't know. I think it's a calculated risk on Walt's part. Man, I'm Walt... so ti- I'm so tired of pretending like we 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 haven't seen the rest of the episodes. I'll just say that it gets pretty damn good. It does. It gets amazing. I, I'm saying what's in Walt's head is this idea of he won't kill me. Not that he has so much respect for me, but that I'm cooking his only source of product. Sure, yeah, no, and or, and or at least a large portion. Because he of directly his deduced what's going on at the cartel. Exactly. And he, yeah, he's got to have this supply. He knows so, he's got yeah. the lockdown, and yep. I mean, I, the one wild card in here that maybe he should be thinking about is Gale. Because how how well can Gale cook? He can cook well. I mean, we've seen him. I, I don't know if he actually fucked up that cook that one I'm, time. I'm positive. He I, didn't. I think that was just Walt. Yeah, getting his goat, or or you know, not getting his goat, but just being indignant about certain things. Um, that might be a wild card. That's that's Walt should be thinking about that. I think. But that's the end of the episode. All right. Do we have any feedback or anything? We have a little bit. All right. Uh, Liz G said during episode nine, a podcast, you talked about whether funds or what funds could or would be raised for Hank last month. An officer was gunned down while he pumped gas in Houston. Since that time, thousands of strangers have donated to his GoFundMe account. Plus a police organization has raised additional money. The total combined so far is over $500,000 and the money's being used to pay off among other things, the widow's mortgage. Wow. So this is an illustration of real life ex- example. Now, back in 2008, which is, I think, when this is kind of set, you don't have those things, but you did have the donation sites like Junior was running. And, I, yeah, I mean, this makes me feel very confident that if some guy got struck down in the line of duty, mm-hmm. you know, money would be found. Yeah, she's probably right. But 
we'll not think too hard about that because the rest of the season's off. Awesome. I mean, that's one example. How many countless examples were sure where nobody raised any money? Well, I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I it seems like every time. You know, my my brother's a firefighter uh, and he was actually involved in a accident where he almost died and his his captain did die. I've seen firsthand like what kind of money can get slung around in the community when the need is there. Yeah. So like it just would be such uh, the fraternal order would not take kindly to one of their brothers crippled for life if you sure. know some bean counter could could pry open his wallet and he could be maybe have a shot at walking again eh, he could still get it up <laughs> he's gonna have a fine life so what's the opposite <laughs> of the sad birthday hand job is the uh the the hopeful recovery hand job uh-huh yeah the rapid recovery the, the, hand I job mean, it, it's a <laughs> it's a life-giving hand job here i mean it cures all that ails him apparently it's the 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 hands of life yeah Mm. Yeah, Marie. I mean, one sister got the blessing, one got the curse. <laughs> is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. All right. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, that's it. We got a little. I got a couple things I want to talk about. Things I want to talk about in the spoiler section. You've got. Um, I'll give you one more chance to send in feedback. It's at breakinggoodatballmove.com, and on the forums at forums.ballmove.com. Got threads for that there. And uh, got one more episode. After we've conferred, we decided that we're going to, you know, we've been shooting these or recording these kind of out of order, and it's kind of messed up our feedback. But I think for the final one, because this is next episode for three thirteen full measures. Yeah, it's going to be our final episode of Breaking Bad for the. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't conceive of having another one. Like, never say never. Maybe they'll have Breaking Bad the movie come out with the adventures of Jess, <laughs> the, the further adventures of Walt and Jesse. Uh huh. Uh, I well no, uh-huh. we'll just leave it that. Yep, just for the people that accuse us of spoilers. Um, we're not saying who lives, who dies. We're just saying that uh, you know maybe it's a weekend of Bernie situation. Yeah. You don't know. Junior dies tragically in a a fiery car accident because he used both feet on the pedals. <laughs> oh, brakes caught on it's fire. Real horrible. Yeah, magnesium <laughs> yeah. discs. Yeah, he just... drove his mom's car. The brakes stuck. Oh, caught on fire. It's and... a horror show. Really sad way to go. Honestly, it is. Yeah. Um. But th- this is going to be our last one of all time, so we're going to wait to get everybody's feedback so we can finally catch up. We got a little bit already um, uh, kind of queued up, but we're going to wait. So so you got one last time. Breaking good at baldmove.com and forums.baldmove.com, and uh, we'll see you for a very brief spoiler section, I imagine. All right. Sounds good. Uh, until then, I'm Jim. I'm Arion. And we're back with the spoiler section. What, do you have anything? Do we want to talk about a little more about Gale? Do we want to talk a little bit about... Because so honestly, I don't remember how the Gale thing... So they bring Gale back into the thing to get him learning and cooking, But right? they tell him it's because Walt's cancer is super advanced and he doesn't have much time. He he doesn't have time. Sure, Gale doesn't believe, know exactly right? why. Yeah. Um, it's I not forget that I'm what they tell murder. Walt. I think it's just a fiat thing. Like, Jesse is no longer cooking. Now it's our guy. Yeah. Like, I don't think he has a choice in the matter. Yeah. Um. Finally. And, and I think at the same time, like, Mike is bringing Jesse under his wing. No. Well, no. I mean, what happens next episode is that Jesse 
Jesse's going to be murdered, and Walt has yeah. Jesse murder Gail first so that he lives. At the very end, I'm trying to think of the events that lead up to... No, Mike doesn't take him in until several se- episodes into season four. Wow, okay. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, the, things I'm are going sure to exactly get... I'm not sure exactly how the machinations work either. I just know yeah. how it ends. Sure, sure. I mean, how could you forget? Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. what What is there to say about... Gail. Well, I want spoiler wise. I don't know anything about Gail. What I do want to say about <laughs> Gus okay. is, did you notice when he's like, "Don't look at him, look at me." Yeah, the shades of the Hector. Look at me. Like that's uh, that's a thing with him. Seems like put it. the eye of justice on you. Yeah, and it, I mean, during that scene, you get the feeling that like Jesse's just yeah. not ever taken seriously, and that mm-hmm. that's part of the reason. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't act seriously. No, it's so. it's a lot of like uh, if you remember in season one of Breaking Bad, where Roger Sterling calls Pete Campbell into the office and balls him out for betraying Don Draper, and how like he just treats mm-hmm. Pete like a child. Yeah, like you know maybe you don't understand this because you never served in the military like me and fucking Don. Uh, that's the guy he was being. He was definitely at the kids' table, and so everybody it, else yeah. is in the adults' table. By the way, did you notice the composition of that scene? Every single time Gus is at a, a meeting at the Chicken Shack. He's been on the alone on his side of the table versus his adversaries. I, well, Walt's on his side this time, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. This is the first time. What yeah. do you think that they were trying to communicate about that? I mean, Gus might have been trying to set the sides here, you know? It's me and, like Walt, it's me like, and Walt. Like, you know, he's on my side, not yours. And he's it also implies like maybe Walt's management management you know because because hmm. jesse you know that's the other kind of drama that Maybe jesse's been groomed. wanting equal partners and wanting to be 50 yeah. 50 partners and all that and be seen as equals and now he's being confronted with the fact that still aren't and i mean that's that's way subtext and, and i mean the demeanor of jesse changes so radically from the time that they meet gus to the time that they kill gus that I mean, he's an entirely different person. And I feel like at the time that they kill Gus, he is to be taken seriously. And he earns some respect. Whereas when he starts out, yeah, he's a junkie. He's a he's a loose cannon. He's not someone you want in your operation. And he doesn't deserve the respect of Gus. And it's also neat because, like, you know, we talked about Heisenberg resting control from Walt. Mm hmm. But in the very first episode of season four, he's like pants shittingly afraid of, you know, when Gus walks in with that box cutter. Yeah. And that's such a great scene. Uh, you know, you can hear us <laughs> recap it in, in the beginning of season four. Uh-huh. Um, it's such a great scene. And then it culminates because Walt thinks he's this Heisenberg. He's this badass. And he goes and he puts on his hat and he's got his jacket on. He's got his gun and he drives to Walt's house, to Saul's house or Gus's house. Yeah. Gets out, gets out of the street and is told, go home, Walter. Mm-hmm. And you can see that whole thing crumble. Like yeah. Heisenberg's won, but now he's got to realize like, okay, I kicked a tiger in his ass and I don't have a plan for his teeth. Sure. Like, this guy's on a whole other level than everybody else I've ever fought before. Yeah, and that's why it makes it such a satisfying villain. Yeah, I mean, no, he's... If he's, Gus were another Tuco, we we need to take him more seriously than we take Walt. He needs to be the guy who earns our respect as yeah, an audience. Every major villain in Breaking Bad has been distinct. Like, you've had the yeah. Crazy Eight versus the Tuco, to the Cousins, to Gus... To the neo-Nazis, although I'll argue they were not the main villains of that season. The main villain yeah. was Heisenberg. 
Uh, and yes, and maybe Hank as well. I mean, it, it depends. The main antagonist, I guess. I guess. Um, to our anti-hero protagonist. Okay. But Walt. no, I, I feel like that there's this de- definite shift in season five, the, the, the second You're half right, of season yeah. five, where the majority of people swung that they're rooting against Walt. And he, yeah. I think, guts out a victory. Like, you know, Walt manages to finally wrest control from Heisenberg and end on a somewhat good note by... Uh-huh massacring neo-nazis the one people that you can like okay gun as many of them as you want it's yeah but i never felt so it's easy not to respect neo-nazis obviously sure um i find it so but i never felt the serious threat i guess uh from them that i felt from gus because walt always seemed smarter than those guys right walt always seemed like yeah they were more ruthless and they were brutal and they would kill you at the drop of a hat and not think twice about it but Walt was smarter, and we knew that because he beat the smartest guy in in the show, who up to that point was Gus. But he did it playing a different kind. I mean, even though Gus was smart, he still played by this certain rule book. Yes. That yeah. the neo-Nazis... And that's the only reason the Nazis work, yes. is because they don't. Those rules are out the window, and the yeah. thing that allowed him to beat Gus was no longer in play. Yeah, Team Panzer Grey was also no dummies, like... Yeah. yeah, other than Todd, who seemed like he was not all there. Uh, was it Uncle... Is, is Todd and Uncle Joe? I can't remember who the... Yeah, I don't remember. The, the name, head but... neo-Nazi, the head, the captain of Team Panzer Grey. But they were smart, and they were also ruthless and unpredictable in the same way, even but, but with more experience than, than Walt was. Yeah. And that's why you could believe that they just, you know, beat the... the, the they, they beat Walt. Sure. And yeah. and he won by essentially playing dead and waiting a good long time and catching him unawares. Yeah, I, I just I never felt like there was as menacing of a villain, I guess, as Gus. Yeah, in, in that final season. Yeah, and it, there didn't need to be. I mean, it it wasn't about beating the next villain. It was about Walt's own struggle with himself. Yeah, everyone is more invested in in that, whereas the you yeah. know. Gus versus Walt's one of the greatest season long man manhunt. I don't know what you call it, like cat and mouse game, intellectual of, chess match yeah. to death, to the death. Yeah, that you've seen this side of like uh, what was that uh, Swedish? Uh, what's the one where the guy plays the the guy plays death with ch- chess with death? Mm, I don't know. The seventh sign. The seventh sign. Seven seal. I don't think I've seen that. It's a, it's not a very entertaining film. Okay, but I it's important. I don't think I will see it. It's important. If you if you work your way through gotcha. the AMI Top 100, you'll you'll come across it. And you're is like, it, this uh, is. Have they made a Criterion Collection version? <laughs> probably. Okay. Probably. Then it's probably you worth get, seeing. At you least get once. the commentary to see why it's so important. But yeah. yeah. Um. I yeah. It's. It's next season's so good, but it's it's oh, man. it's increasingly hard for me to say that season four is the best because it's the second chapter of mm-hmm. this it's like godfather one and two yeah you know that 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 season three is the godfather season four is the godfather two now some people tell you godfather two is much better sure sure it, that i i've always it's always been you know it's always been harder for me to make that determination you can listen mm-hmm. to you and me talk like four hours about the subject in our godfather one and two <laughs> podcast over in the bald movie section you can yeah so uh yeah, that's all I got. What do you right, got? Anything cool. more? No, I think that's it. We'll we'll probably talk more about how this whole thing wraps up and our feelings on it and stuff in next week's episode. Sure. 
But right. uh, that's it for now. Last chance. Uh, breaking good at baldmove.com, forums.baldmove.com. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you next time. See you next week. <laughs>